2: Hello one and all, this is Bakabites, a show where we talk about what we are currently watching in anime today. Today I'm joined by my co-host Silver Lobo and returning is our guest, Magically Average. Please be warned, we will be talking about Spring 2021 anime so there are major spoilers ahead. Magically Average, we're going to start with you today. What are
0: you watching? So currently I am up to date on, I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed my level um and i will say i've been listening to the podcast the last few weeks as well and absolutely agree with lobo it's a background show the story doesn't really have any meat to it it's just kind of fluff episode to episode it gets me in with the characters i honestly they throw so many goddamn characters at you each episode that it's hard to keep track at this point i feel like i'm gonna have to build out an excel sheet just to like make sure i'm tracking everyone but it's cute yeah it it really deviates far from, you know, what Lobo hit on last week, which is, like, the idea that you don't want to overwork yourself and you don't want to, like, be piled under this this pressure of having to, like, be the best person you can at whatever your career is. And it hits on it the first two episodes and then completely moves away from it. It's okay. It's popcorn. As you say all the time, Frank, it's popcorn show.
2: Do you say that all the time? I was gonna say when you said you have to make like a chart as to which character belongs to which. I just think of the Charlie Day meme from It's Always Sunny, where he's just got like everything, <laughs> yeah, on everything's the walls. Trying, like, Yeah, and honestly, I'm gonna be is yes for Tokyo
1: Revengers. That's what that's gonna be. But, but seriously, prob- oh my the god! The
0: problem with because you know I've been listening and I'm getting a sort of an idea about Tokyo Avengers. But the problem with like 300 years is that all these characters matter too. Like they're all centralized characters to this i guess quote-unquote plot so it's just so infuriating when they throw like two new one at you in one episode and you're like wait no i'm just starting to get like to know this one you showed me last episode can we pause for like a split second because i kind of want to know their backstory it's like no more characters and you're like oh okay
1: i mean after this new episode the entire plot of this show is just two girls that's
0: it. Yeah, I, I was going to say the, the the plot
1: is something. You make it up your own. You, it can be whatever just, your just heart desires. Girls. Just cute anime girls being cute. That's it. I'm like, all right, cool. Whatever.
2: Yeah, I was going to say those those group dinners have definitely gotten bigger, I suppose, from episode one or two where the dragon is overcooking for everybody. But um, to move us right along, because we have a lot to talk about today. Lobo, I know you got a show that you want to talk about. Let's
1: hear it. Two-Year Eternity is very quickly becoming my favorite this season. It was Snow white notes. Tokyo Revengers is, like, right up on its ass. And Two-Year Eternity just came out of fucking nowhere, dude. It's so good. It is legitimately amazing. So we have the, the main character, which is a thing of sorts. And it's just slowly progressing, meeting all these different people and, like, learning as it goes, it can now talk and read somewhat. And now we get a new character who got into a horrific accident and wasn't found until later. And by that point, his face was just beaten and pulverized and a mad scientist worked on him and gave him like prosthetic face of sorts. And the kid is like so distraught, he puts on a mask. And then as... We get a jump to where the the main guy shows up with an old lady he's been traveling with, and they become like brothers. And it's just – this the new story apparently is his relationship with this young boy who is – has issues of self-confidence and, and things like that and just trying to better himself. So – Real
2: quick, did you – uh, you bring up the fact that this boy has to, like, wear a mask. Was it kind of like in the... Did you ever watch Dororo? I believe is what it's pronounced.
1: don't think so.
2: Okay. That I... Fantastic show. I never finished it. Really should. That kind of just reminded me of that. But continue. Sorry.
1: But uh, I feel like this new arc is going to be mostly about... Trying to accept people for who they are and not like overcrowd them because now the main guy who is is just kind of like treating this boy as like mother hen of sorts and trying to learn from him. And the kid is trying to gain some distance from him because the girl he likes is into this immortal being now. Because he's taller and he's better looking and he's exotic because he has white hair and he's from the north wearing weird clothing. So, like, this kid's just wearing a mask. How is he going to compete? He's going to just try and do his best. And he can't have this guy following him around and trying to outdo him anymore. <laughs> but it's, it's the very beginning of this new arc and I'm looking forward to see where it goes.
2: Fair enough. Um, The one show that I want to talk about that I, you know, kind of been not gushing over, but I've been enjoying. uh, There's two shows that I'm not caught up, so I'm not going to talk about them. And then the other two I have in common with Magically Average, and we'll get to those shortly. But Pretty Boy Detective Club, I'm the only one here watching it, and I freaking love it. It's still so fucking off the wall, bonkers, bizarre. I love how crazy it is. Uh last week I was talking about how they started a new arc in which they found 33 paintings in their attic and they had to find out or solve the mystery as to why these paintings had no people in them in which quote unquote the artist kidnapped the people out of the paintings. And then they're like okay well they figured it out pretty quickly as to who it was and they're like okay what else has this person done? It was a teacher that used like they figured it out that it was a teacher that used to teach there. And their latest and greatest masterpiece that they left at the school was a giant freaking tapestry type thing that was in the auditorium. And it basically was just a picture of the audit. Like it was like a mirror essentially, but it kept going like as if like it kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So it looked like a mirror. And they're like, yeah, some say that they that teacher like they committed the perfect crime in which they kidnapped every student in the school. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And so they end the arc. This this with just, like, there are two episodes arc or two episode arcs, which are fine. Um, they do a lot of talking in this. So they do a lot of hypothesizing. They meet up with the villain from the first arc, the uh, guy, the middle school student class president from the opposite school that was running the casino. They like they meet up again, and he like get his opinion as well. And he provides like little to no information. And it's just like talking about friendship and bullshit and like how, like what friends should mean, etc. I don't know. It was really dumb. But he was, they were like, oh, what do you, like, where would you hide 33 other paintings? And he's like, I don't know. I'd probably have them with me. I, I actually don't really remember because it was just really confusing as to what the hell they were actually talking about. But um, they kind of come up with the hypothesis or not the hype, like, usually they get presented this like, This mystery and then every single person in the club has to come up with a hypothesis as to what the hell is happening and so the girl comes up with a hypothesis that uh, the painting never left because she looks at the painting with her eyes and sees that there's multiple layers and the kids are actually there it's just painted over and sure enough the teacher comes out and like it was that painted it and was like yeah that's that's what I did and it was like cool and that was the end of it I was just like what the fuck like you build all this mystery and intrigue and bullshit and then you just kind of end it like that like i'm still like weirdly enjoying it but it's just kind of just bullshit as to how they These end everything
1: endings are so lackluster i'm yeah. like what's going on why are the people missing I know. and it's just i painted over them
0: okay i guess so, Whatever. like
2: it's just oh, so is cool. this is i really want to love the show is this
0: anime like a commentary on other animes on how like you want it to be oh, like I supernatural but it's just literally no. just a high school detective club?
2: No, but that's the thing. Like, you would think that it's, like, a commentary on the supernatural. But then they just go, like, their answers are either, like, cut and clear. Like, hey, it was the teacher that painted over it. Or she had the, like, actual students paint over themselves, essentially, is what it was. And then, like, the end of the first major arc of, like, detectives is just, like, oh, yeah. It was, uh, like, which they introduce all the characters in this, like put all the backstories to this main character girl in which she has like these supernatural eyes that can see everything. It's like, yeah, you didn't actually see a star. You just saw a satellite get blown up into outer space. But because you have such special eyes, you were able to see it while nobody else was able to see it. Like it's either like sitting right in front of you or it's just off the walls. What the fuck is this? So like, I I'm excited to see what the hell keeps going on and what happens with this. But like, you're killing me on these endings like the show could be so much more but the endings are just lackluster i don't know but um to move us right along because god dang did i take up a lot of time there uh lobo and i we're gonna talk about hey here real quick we both predicted in the next episode or two girl girl's going home she's going home and sure as shit End of this episode, brother knocks on the front door. Is like, hey, I'm here to pick up my little sister. Little sister's, like, surprised, anime face, like, nani? And it's just like, how did you not expect this to happen?
1: The entire episode, wherever she went, he was there. 100%. That's how this episode was going to end. Come on now.
2: And she's just, like, shocked. like, But, like, I understand. So, like, at the very end of the episode, yeah, the brother knocks on the door. What's-his-face answers it and homegirls like what the hell's going on and so is like the guy that's she's living with and the guy is just like he at least has a like is able to be surprised and shocked because she hid all of this from him kind of she said that she was going to go home soon but didn't tell him like hey my brother's looking for me so like he at least is able to be surprised her on the other hand where she's just like huh? this is like no you knew this was happening but yeah we we both kind of called this last week as to like it was either going to be this episode or the next episode So, I I I guess they're going to spend a little bit. don't have
1: any answers as to why any of this happened. Like, why did she leave? And every time a different character talks to her about it, just like, you have to tell me. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, no, you do have to tell them. Tell them what happened, please. (laughs) Please.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I like, like they. Okay. So, I have a new hypothesis because they are rich kids and like, or she comes from a wealthy family. And she ta- like they go to a festival this uh, this episode, and surprisingly there was no like looking at like behind every corner to look for her brother to see if like she's being followed. But like she alludes to her not having friends and not going to a festival, so she probably has a very sheltered life. So that's probably one of the reasons she ran away. On top of maybe something happened to the one friend that she did have, to where she was like, all right, fuck this shit, I'm out. And that's that's kind of my new theory: is that like, she finally found one friend, and something happened to her, and she's like, "I need to get the fuck away from my family and everybody else." So
1: yeah, maybe
2: that's that's my theory. Any any new theories from you, Lobo or Nan? No,
1: I'm sticking my guns, dude. I'm I'm assuming her one and only friend like committed suicide or something.
2: Yeah, Uh, because she does she does say she's not running away from crime, so I do think that you know for all intents and purposes her friend committed suicide and is like okay i'm out bye um but yeah excited to see what happens next week if they're like if she actually goes home or if it's like a whole episode of debating of like she should stay she should come with me she should stay so we'll see there i think that's that's what's gonna happen is like maybe a half an episode of that and then like another half half episode of like sad montage between him being sad and her on the car ride home being sad etc so that's that's what I think, um, yeah. but magically average. You and I are watching. Don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. Yes. What are your thoughts? Because you you, I don't know if you had started this before or not when we talked last, and if you did, we only briefly talked about it. Like, what do you what do you think about the show? Yeah,
0: we had talked about it before, and I I really like it. I didn't come into it with any expectations, like I said before, and yeah we had chatted previously about how we were sort of off put in a way by the level of brutality and like bullying that was included in the show. But we also had a like shining ray of hope that some things would change, like whether uh, Nagatoro would, uh, you know, eventually show feelings for him or, you know, he would actually be able to adapt and grow and, you know, just, sort of go roll with the punches I guess so to speak and i've actually pretty impressed on how the story's been progressing i really am i think this last episode showed growth in all of the characters too not just the two main characters but also like the friend oh, yeah. group which was a complete shock oh, and uh it it's been kind of a whirlwind episode to episode too cuz you just don't know what to expect but it at, at some point it always snaps back to their relationship and how it's been able to evolve from the beginning. Cause you just, you didn't think anything yeah. was going to change, right? You had these two characters that were polar opposites of each other s- interacting with one another because Nagatoro's just evil and sort of likes to, it, you know, gets pleasure from embarrassing people or, or forcing people to do her, you know, her bidding and whatnot And then you had this other character who was the most shy, reserved, just sort of hermit-like person, just involved with their art, nothing really else, doesn't really show any sort of emotions or, or, or goals or dreams or anything. And you put them together into a room and eventually, you know, things progress and it's been developing pretty well, I think
2: yeah no i i have to agree that they like this show i I, talking to lobo about this show from like episode one to like now i keep saying the word this show somehow got wholesome mm-hmm. because it really has like with a show that started out as brutally as it did to where they are now like you said that the side characters grew a lot like they did like the the two instances in the show was the first like half of it was they go or first I guess two-thirds of it they went to a festival and then the last third of it was like Nagatoro and her friends are sitting in the park just at a park bench just like hanging out eating snacks whatever and then like these guys come along and he kind of like the main character sees all this unfold and is like oh man these guys like can talk to girls no problem easy peasy but if I did it I'd get like fucking shunned. And then all of a sudden he kind of shows himself because they're like pushing themselves onto them a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, let's go out. Let's do a double date. And then like he shows up and instead of everybody making fun of him, they're like, hey, it's Senpai. Like, hey, like what's going on? How you doing? He's like, hey, let's let's leave these idiots. Like he's thinking like these idiots are bothering you. Let's leave. And Nagatoro instantly picks up is like, yeah, let's go home. And like all the friends are like, oh, if she's gone, we're going. Bye. Like, yeah. Doesn't make fun of him. Nothing. They he just gets them out of this situation whether they like really wanted it or not. But like, oh. It's it's getting so wholesome in the whole festival thing in which usually Nagatoro would invite him and relentlessly make fun of him at this festival, like, doesn't necessarily happen, and instead you've the two friends find him first put a collar on him and it's like okay you're our dog you're a little whatever do our bidding and then nagatoro eventually comes along because they send him her a message saying like hey we got your senpai and she's like nope i'm on my way <laughs> and then by with the end of that arc being like hey or nagatoro saying the main guy like hey or like senpai i don't even know what his actual name is they just call him senpai yeah. but it's just like hey if you want to go to something like this like with people ask them and then him asking her to go with him next year, and it's just like, "Fuck yeah, yeah. that's my dude." That's some, that's like, "Hey, I'm getting out of my shell." I'm
0: asking, like, oh, "It's so fucking good."
2: No, it's so. It good. is really good.
0: Yeah, I'll just make one quick note too, with the fact that like in the, in the beginning episodes, too, the wholesome pieces are pieces where like you see a glimmer of emotions and affection in Nagatoro towards the main character. And you're like, you're just kinda of hopeful. Now it's like actual expressions and actions that you're seeing. And it's like, oh no, this is these are actual feelings that she has towards him. It's it's yeah. not it's it's not just on a level of like, I like to make fun of this person and drag him along and, and brutalize him emotionally and, and mentally. It's like, no, I actually do have emotions and feelings for him. I can't express them fully yet, but I will at least let him know in a non you know joking way.
2: Yeah, and I just oh, it's so freaking good. Like if you haven't given the show a chance, just watch the first episode like get past the first couple episodes. And then once you're after that, like it's it's a really good slice of life. Uh yeah. yeah, it's just all I gotta say about it. But um to move forward with the conversation, those snow white notes, Lobo. They, I thought, okay, they're going to, they're going to go next episode. They teed it right up, fucking full episode, more of just other schools going. And I'm just like, why, why, why are you dragging this out? Are you going to just end this entire show with just the end of the singles tournament arc?
1: I was getting, why? I was like, okay, it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. going to happen soon. And it never happened. And then it was just like, they're getting on stage. Fuck yeah credits Ah!
2: (laughs) it's just oh it's so like it's such a good show in which the music every time like i not to discredit any of the other schools that like they show the music is just amazing and it's just like okay i want i want main characters to go i want them to have their shining moment but instead they're like no they're on the bottom of the totem pole of like the list order so
1: I mean, it makes sense because they're the new guys. Everyone else has been there before. Yeah, but this is
2: a new tournament. This is a brand new tournament. I know, but they're still
1: known. All the other guys that went before them are all known. These are brand new. So it would make sense for them to be last. Especially him because he's never done a tournament. So even he has
2: the yeah, And Mama's putting on the tournament too. So, you know, got to save her baby boy for last. But um, right, real yeah, quick. after all the songs, I'm not watching
0: yeah. it. Just gonna say one thing: tournament arc.
1: Yes, this guy knows. Yes, it is. This guy knows. It. It is. A That's all I'm gonna arc. say. That's all. We'll, I'm we'll... still
2: enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it. It's just bugging the like. This is why it's bugging the ever living shit out of me. I don't care about the side characters and their schools. You can do all of that during the singles tournament arc. Fine. I will give you that, but teeing it up with the tournament arc for the like the school duos or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Nah, I'm like, give me just blow through it and then go into the side characters when nope. they have their episode. Person, you
0: have to approach every tournament arc the same. You have to. We're, we'll hit it. on it later. I saw so I just wanted to butt in. Um,
1: I mean, it. the other <laughs> thing knew, is You like...
2: knew exactly what button to push. <laughs> the other
1: thing is though, with like how they're doing it two episodes of just the other characters and their teams, you're not getting to know which characters that you need to look out for and how exactly they are and their different mannerisms. So like you already know that um, the girl that's been challenging, uh, main guy for so long, her brother is a weirdo and names everyone based on like weird foods or whatever and then she's just like has to be perfect and just kind of goes overboard the other guy gets super jealous if someone sounds better than him and another guy's just happy to be there and it's just so they're all so interesting and different that when it comes down to the actual individuals i'm looking forward to seeing just how far they go after hearing each other with the team play
2: here's my beef with that and you could have.
1: I'm already shaking my, my, my head. Yeah, out.
2: I know you are. I know you are, and fucking magically, average is laughing his ass off, just sitting there. They go so like they they go into like the like toes of water for these fucking side characters they don't go deep the only person they do go deep in is with this girl that has been a consistent person throughout the entire show everybody else it's like let's dip our big little toe into the water frank oh okay we're done
1: like if they if they they went and just head dived into the fucking deep end you would be so annoyed it's not the main guy because that's the character you want we can dive just right into my to hero me. too. Give it, to give the exact it, same give it all thing to me. Give goes it all to me. Give it all with that. Mm-mm. We gotta Give wait. it
2: all to me during the singles tournament. Give it all to me during the singles tournament. I don't give a shit.
1: about You need your that school? introduction no. to who oh, these people guy. are. Oh, this guy—he's really cocky. You got and he all likes the introductions. You know Ooh, every boy. character to look forward to, to keep an eye on, to know who it is you might like and who it is you think will just pull ahead and do something weird. You know all these characters now. That you need to look forward to and see how they interact uh in the individuals and how they might step up. This is just the same way to be winter marks, where you have to keep an eye on all these individual characters and keep in mind who they are when it comes to when they come back into play.
2: So on the real though, we can we can move on from here because I we can go in circles. Um the one thing that I do really was very confused about was just like Huh. Why wasn't. So, like, we knew last episode or last week that Homegirl was not in the singles arc and she or singles tournament and she is now trying to enter because what's his face is in it. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize. I thought she was there because she found out that he was entered in the singles tournament. I didn't realize she was in the school tournament. So, when she took stage with her school, I was like, oh, okay, this is different. I was not expecting this. So that was kind of surprising to me. But it's just like, if you're already there for the doubles, why not just enter the single tournament? Who cares? If you're in it for the tournaments and you're like always competing, why not just do it regardless? So that's, that's think, something that I'm I kind of confused about. I think they did
1: about. mention that when she was trying to enter in. I think at some point they mentioned it when she was trying to get into individuals. But, you know, it's it's like with anything. If the deadline's closed, the deadline's closed, you've missed it. That's how, that's how it works
2: i know but i think as a character because the other thing is the program's already
1: made you have to want true. someone to no, go no, in no, and, no. and get, pen and everything I get,
2: I get that but i'm just wondering why like to begin with she didn't just enter it if you're a person that's always competing and i think it's just there's
1: no challenge for her anymore that's why because mm, with him okay. that's the challenge because she knows he's good but he will okay. never compete so I think she's already done her just, you know, she's gone through tournament. She's just like, eh, it's just, it's not there for her.
0: Yeah,
2: but you... but that's sweet cash money, though. That's sweet I cash mean, money. her
1: family is apparently, like, baller. So, like, I don't think she even cares about money at this point.
2: Yeah, that's completely fair. But still, I don't know. Um, God damn. The, like, it's such a good show. It's infuriating. me. Yeah, just, ah. Love it. Can't wait for next week to see actual main characters finally take stage and finally play the name of this guy i know i know okay and here's another amazing show but completely infuriating is odd tax i like still number one show for me this year like i am absolutely in love with it the dominoes are finally starting to fucking fall magically average like what the fuck what the fuck it's it's so good, but like when you
0: say dominoes falling though, it, it it's it's like if you set up two dominoes and just let one barely fall into the other one, and then you're just like the other one's just yeah. teetering, and you're just watching it. You're like, oh god, it's gonna happen. It's it's gotta yeah. happen. it Just but when my fear though, based on how the episodes have progressed, and as you have said week to week. something's gonna happen like shit's gonna go down and shit has started to go down my fear though is that it's all gonna come crashing down in one episode and it's gonna feel like overwhelming
2: yeah all the exposition is just in one episode and that's my that's like honestly my greatest fear right now as well because just like this past like this past episode (laughs) you finally so Everybody's plotting against each other, and then you have main home dude taxi driver who's just like, okay, I've got my my side plot as to how I want to handle everything. I'm gonna be a two timing like undercover agent essentially to make like cover my skin, but also think I'm helping this other guy and like tell this other like dirty cop's little brother who's not dirty like, hey, your brother's dirty. You need to take him in. Like everything will live happily ever happily ever after. And then the episode ends, and you he like did not take into account his friend and he's just like how could i be so stupid so his whole plan is just gone to shit because of one character and i love that
0: no i i will preface everything i'm about to say by saying that i am enjoying thoroughly enjoying every episode i watch i think the, the the problem that I've run into so far, and I think the problem that I'm having with the show as it progresses is that there are too many individual and overlapping stories between characters that you almost get lost and forget like where everything started, right? Because if we rewind yeah. to the first episode, you're introduced to the taxi driver, and he takes this random kid who's got no money but went to a CD release party for a band. Okay. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. It's a one-off character. And then he takes this other kid that wants to be famous virally on the internet. And you're like, he's crying about how he can't get a any post to go viral. And you're like, which first off, fuck this kid. <laughs> fuck this kid. This kid is yeah, so this, annoying. He's a week in, bastard. week out.
2: Just his posts. Yeah, he's just a little prick.
0: But like, but you you approach the show thinking like, okay, he's a taxi driver. He sees random characters. Like these are just going to be one offs. But then, as everything unfolds, you're like, "No, these characters are like pivotal to the story." Yeah. The one kid that had no money spent it on a CD. He won a billion and yen. A lotto ticket. Yeah, he won a lotto ticket, and now he's the center of this gang because they the, of this the plan that this gang's going to try to do because they know where he's going to deposit the lotto ticket because it's only one bank in the city that does this large of sums in lotto winnings, so they're going to rob him. And you're like, okay. Well, but this is also related to that band, the band that this kid loves. That band's manager, because the manager is involved with the gang too, and he's setting up this like weird relationship thing with one of the bandmates who tries to like get dudes to like go on dates with her so that the the gang can like rob them and like steal all of their money because they're loan sharks too. And I'm like, oh my god, there's too much overlapping stuff. And then I have to like everybody is in bed with everybody. It's insane. But every single episode that ends, I have to sit and I have to pause and I have to go back to the beginning, like first two episodes, and go, <laughs> "What in the fuck is in that taxi driver's closet?" This is that's where it all started. So that's where everything this is the started. I want to pose. This is the
2: question I want to pose to you because it all started with the data from the dashboard cam and this missing mobster's daughter. So. Presumably, the daughter's hiding out in the closet, and then last week the guy, once like st- things started to unfurl, the guy was like, "Well, you're kind of stuck here. You're this. You're my ace in the hole." Essentially, is what I think he was thinking. Mm-hmm. Here's my question to you: After all the information we learned about Maine Taxi Dude this week, in which like he's got a photo like photographic mind, etc., but he's got some weird quirks to him, is the girl? actually in his closet or is that just an imaginary friend because he has all those abandonment issues and like if he's living alone and he doesn't have any friends really other outside the monkey he could have created this individual like this imaginary person that is living in his closet that could be this you know it may or may not be this uh gangster's daughter so like his closet right now is schrodinger's box so I don't know if this person is actually imaginary or if they are actually in the closet. And I'm like, this is just a theory building up in my head. I'm like, oh, man, what is it? It's like, what is actually in there? I'm so fucking just so that's that's a that's out.
0: a piece of the, the show that I really like is. And I guess I'm going back against what I just said. But I like the fact that it makes you forget about some of those different like events that have taken place right
2: yeah and the one thing i cannot remember is if the door closed on its own or not or if he opened and closed the door before yeah no so that that's like the only thing i can't remember but if he opened the door and closed it himself like i i 100 think that person is imaginary i don't think anybody's
0: there i my theory is even crazier than yours
2: oh boy Please do.
0: Because this is off the wall, and I'll, I I guess I'll end it on this because you guys are just going to call me insane and probably kick me off the show. But <laughs> at one point, you do see, like, a tail in the closet. There's, like, a flicker of a tail in one episode. And it's stuck into my head. And I'm like, okay, you see, thinking back to the the opening theme song, which is a banger, by the way, obviously, an it amazing. It's very it, it matches fits perfectly with the taxi vibe there's a character in it that you only see their back and you can't really pinpoint who they are in the show and you just think oh okay that's the mobster's daughter that's gone missing and she's a cat and then you see the tail in one episode flicker in the in the closet you're like oh okay it's got to be her then the element of what's been introduced in this previous episode with the taxi driver's mental state and uh, the abandonment issues, and how this is sort of evolved into his, you know, ability to well, one be able to like have a photogenic memory and actually like see souls is what he told the physician. And in, in one episode, he's like, "I have a photogenic memory, but it's because I can see your soul," which is kind yeah. of a cool idea. But on top of that, in the opening. He like, in the first part, he like befriends a cat and he's trying to befriend a cat and the cat runs away. My theory is he's, he's got abandonment issues and he can't handle when like other things leave him. So he went and got that cat, through him in the closet. This is all just a diversion. The mobster's daughter was the one found in the river. (laughs) She's dead. She, no one cares about her anymore. Everyone forgot the, the random thing in the closet, total diversion. It's just a cat he found on the street. His only here, way to keep a, it in the house...
2: I'll do you one better. His only
0: way to keep it in the house... Close the closet. Keep it in the closet. It's the only way you can... And that's why he sleeps in front of it, too. I'm done. I'm going to be oh. off the show now. Goodbye, everyone.
2: No, no, you're fine. That's <laughs> that's actually not terrible, but at the same time, a little insane. Um, What would be even more insane is if he had, like, his... Well, no, never mind. His parents abandoned mm-hmm. him. Or his dad abandoned him and his mom passed away at an early age, I think, or something, something like along that. those lines. Yeah, as if he found his like or had his mom's like corpse stuffed, and it's just his mom sitting.
0: No, in the no, this is not a Norman Bates. We're not going no, there. That's 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 way no. too down. No, I, that's not happening. But I, I like the cat idea, but probably. Not. I, but I I I, I love. I think your idea is probably on point. I think that's the more reasonable uh, estimation of what's in the closet, or at least what we perceive to be happening in the closet. I just I don't like the idea of them being like, It's an imaginary friend, but you saw it, viewers, like I'd rather just be imaginary if it is, you know?
2: I mean, even if it's imaginary... I mean hell, you have uh I mean imaginary friends to you, you see everything, but imaginary friends to everybody else, nobody sees. So no, I get, could definitely be I it. get
0: that. But I but as a viewer, I want it to be if if it's his imaginary friend, I only want him to be able to see it. I wanna be left in the state of mystery of like not really knowing what he's seeing and just understanding why he's seeing it, which is why I think my cat idea is the one that's actually the case. Thank you. Good night, everyone.
1: As the unbiased third party, I feel like I feel like that is a solid like theory. Like if anything were to happen with how crazy this show has been listening to it every week, I feel like that would be the way to go. It's just a fucking cat in the closet and the girl's dead. I'm telling you yeah
2: that that and the thing is the nobody knows because it's a completely, it's it. an original show it's an original show there's yeah. no source material for this so we legitimately everybody in the world has to find out week to week as to what the fuck is going mm-hmm. on and I love it it's fantastic moving on though to another fucking cork board with string tied uh, attached to it everywhere Tokyo fucking Revengers bro god damn like
1: I'm going to need to get a whiteboard eventually. You know?
2: Goddamn. A whiteboard, corkboard, whatever floats your boat. Like, this show is another crazy fucking show. Like, I just... So, it ended last week in which there was about to be the gang war a week early. In which they're like, oh shit, maybe Draken's going to die tonight. Or today. And the gang fight happens... Between legitimately, like, the the lower gang member who's really upset, like, his friend and his friend's girlfriend were affected by this. And so he fights, like, the leader of this other clan and just, like, gets his ass handed to him. And so does Takamichi. He gets his ass handed to him, too. But you get Mikey who just, like, is like, alright, it's my turn. And just gives him one swift kick to the head. And fucking downs him for good. Like, he's just, he's just knocked the fuck out. And then all hell breaks loose, like, because the police are on their way and fucking the best friend who got the shit beat out of him and to the point where he was standing up passed out. Just like he was just knocked unconscious standing up. He ends up stabbing the fucking leader of the other, like, gang and it's just like, bro, you idiot
1: you dumbass and I
2: then mean, like the show at least from
1: there there was an honor thing there of sorts but at least he like he had to, he, he turned was himself just like in. i'm gonna turn myself in i did this yeah. i will pay for this it had to be I done fucked
2: up. he immediately was like i regret what i just did i don't um, think he regretted so, it
1: yeah. i think he was he got his revenge that's what he wanted he wanted to like payback for what happened to his his friend
2: hurt them as much as they hurt his friend yeah yeah. so I think it was just
1: more of like I did it and I will accept what happens after this
2: but then when that happens, it's just like Mikey's like, no, 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 you got to come with us. And Draken's like, let's get the fuck out of here. So then that's what kicks off the like war between the two of just like, oh, shit, this is why they're upset at each other. This is why they aren't friends anymore. Is this why Mikey's going to stab Draken? And like the rest of the end episode is somewhat inconsequential, if I can remember correctly, in which it's just like back and forth between like Takamichi uh,
1: got... uh collapsed because he was like exhausted or whatever spent some time in the hospital beat. came yeah. back and he was for a week apparently on bed rest but he was so bored he made a like thousand piece puzzle and immediately five
2: hundred piece puzzle
1: that's what it was and then friends start messing with him, like no leave it there don't you fucking touch it Drakken shows up hangs out with him says one thing to him and then smashes the puzzle and he loses it yep
0: and that and was, there, that was just, where I
1: realized I cannot wait for him to lose more things. And it happened like within a minute, like yep, less, uh, and within a minute, more of his shit just are getting destroyed. And I love it.
2: Well, yeah, because, uh, they go outside with Drakken to say goodbye. And then all of a sudden Mikey's just there. So Drakken and Mikey just start picking up every little thing they can. And it's
1: just these positions. I saved up that, all summer for that. Destroyed. I, My yeah, father like gave that skateboard. to me. Shattered. And then I was just like, "Oh no! All your fucking so summer good. memories, your school memories, all of it just wiped away by this gang, this gang war."
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think I really actually don't even remember how it ends. But like, I oh, think it's it just ends with them about
1: like... to like fist fight, Draken and and Mikey, and then Takamichi mm-hmm. just goes super saiyan, and then it cuts. And I'm like, fuck, I I want to see him like attempt to get in the middle of that and just get his ass beat or actually like legit throw hands and like get them on the ground or something. It'd be so sweet.
2: I think with him being an adult Takamichi, I don't think he's ever going to be able to throw hands and participate in that because he is just shit. Maybe young, maybe young Takamichi who was actually like a fucking hoodlum. Like, I mean, this
1: might be what like unlocks that beast that was laying inside of him this entire time because he was that person. It's just that he's grown up. So he might just like, you know, find that inner strength one more time.
2: It could. And I, I, so I think that I give it another episode until he goes back to his adult form. I think that they do settle the beef between Mikey and Drakken, or at least somewhat settle the beef between the two of them. And then ends up shaking hands with the little brother again, and just going back to an adult. Because um, outside of those that those turn of events, I really don't know where they're gonna go next. Because like once they solve this, it's like okay, Dragon's alive. Now we can talk to Mikey in real life, and then they're gonna go on to the next arc of like okay, we gotta stop this from happening. I think so.
1: I think Draken and Mikey are gonna have a huge falling out to where they are not even just gonna do it like the fight not gonna happen Draken getting killed or arrested or any other like horrific thing not gonna happen he's just gonna leave and well, then no, I think the he's going games. to go I think he's gonna go back to the future find him and talk to him and see if there's anything that could be could have been done to stop this from happening and then that'll be like how they go back and try to figure out another route around these things because even yeah, though I think same... Drakken might like fully leave the, the, the gang, he's still going to have his like information coming out of it, and he's going to want to keep well, tra- yeah. track of his best friend.
2: Because he, he does have supporters still in the gang, and that's why the whole thing is like divided in two, yeah. Mikey and Drakken. And so but I, either... think, I
1: think Drakken is too kind-hearted that he doesn't want to fight. I think with how the actual event happened where he actually got killed, I don't think he even fought him. I think he was just, you know, going through the motions, but he was never really trying to fight Mikey because he still sees him as his friend. Because yeah. if anything, we have se- we have seen that Draken is like the level-headed one, the one that cares about people and their convictions, and Mikey forgets that a lot. He cares about who his people are, and that's just about it. The po- to the point where if they screw over him or his friends or anything else like that, that's when he gets pissed and then you're dead to him, which Drakken wanting to abandon that one guy and let him turn himself in counts, so he hates Drakken.
2: Yeah. I, again I really don't know where we're gonna end up with this but I, I'm loving it week to week it's it's something I really look forward to week in and week out like it's it's in the top three at this point um, mm-hmm. because the intrigue is there and what's gonna happen next nobody knows type thing so love it love the show really looking forward to next week and on to my most not necessarily dreaded topic of the week but definitely the most contentious and I'm gonna get my ass beat here. My Hero Academia. So, we got our quick match. Five okay. minutes, Bakugo, fucking... Like, I, I understand why they did it. They did a lot of character development there, in which Class A was like, oh, Bakugo, he's going to do his own thing. We just need to take care of them, and then it could be four on one. And Bakugo's like, nope, I showed character development. I may not care about these people, but I need to save them, so I'm going to bail them out and fucking beat your asses while I do it. And there we go like he he fucking nails everybody within five minutes
0: the weirdest part about that though is and i don't know maybe it was just me that is reading too far into it but it seemed like only bakugo's teammates were the ones that were surprised that bakugo like actually could show some semblance of leadership and emotion towards teammates because everyone else on 1a was like yeah he's grown They're watching him. They're like, yeah, he's kind of matured. You know, surprise, 1B. (laughs) You know, he didn't get new moves or powers, or, like, he doesn't have an extra, like, ability now like most everyone else. No, he's just... Minus the grenades. Minus the grenades. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's just... He's grown. Maturity level. But everyone on his team was like, what? Oh, my gosh. He... What? He saved me? Oh! Oh, mind blown!
1: I think that one of the things that's... That when this arc started... You see the excitement in Baku wanting to show off that he is the best, and I think them immediately getting stuck with him on their team. They're like, "All right, well, Baku's gonna do his thing, and we'll just be there, and he'll yell at us, and that's it." Just because that's like the norm for them, and they see this as like him wanting to flex, basically. Yeah, but they—I don't think they remember the fact that he has been this way mostly since the beginning because he. He's just like Deku, except he's not, you know, as eccentric about it, where Deku just goes and starts rambling off as he's taking notes about these people and their powers. Bakugo does the exact same thing. He doesn't speak it, though. He is watching intently. He is analyzing every single person and their abilities, and he doesn't have, like, the the time to explain these things or the, or the necessity to it. He's just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it better than anyone else. Fuck you for getting my way. And that's why everyone's off-put by him. He's super intelligent and he's always paying attention and he does care about his team. It's just that beforehand, he was kind of blinded by the fact that the kid he's been picking on got powers and he's at this school that I'm at. What yeah, the and fuck? He's catching up. Yeah. And, and now it's gotten power-wise. to the point where he's just like, he's accepted it. And then it got to the point where I need to figure out what's going on so I can be better than him. And now that it's at that point they're fully rivals to where Bakugo just, you know, respects the fact that he is his rival now. And that's why you see that huge progression of like you're my team, you protect me, I protect you, we're going to win this right now, fastest one, and they did it. Well, and that's why I like yeah. I,
0: And
2: like 1B, 1B definitely planned on that as well and that once they've realized that he had changed like like his character, they were like, "Well, we're fucked."
0: Yeah, well, and that's what I was kind of getting at too. Is that like I like Bakugo as a character because, as you said, Lobo, like from the start, we all knew that he was intelligent, right? With his ability to fight, his ability to analyze situations, his knowledge, just in general of whoever he's going against, their abilities, and his ability to adapt as he learns them as well. It's it more or less the issue. That I'm having just in general with this current season, which we will get into in a second, is that I want it to be a surprise to everyone. Like, I want this showing, this tournament arc, to be something to where you see each individual hero's total evolution and progression as a hero. Because they're still students, right? The differences between 1A and 1B is that 1A has gone through pretty much a shitstorm from day one. And 1B has sort of been in the background, so to speak. I want this tournament arc to be a place where we can actually see not only our characters from the start, all everyone from 1A, how they've evolved, all their powers, all the abilities that they've grown to adapt to. But also I want to see as characters them show actual expression and surprise when they realize, like, oh shit, actual like Bakugo is actually like a really good teammate. Not just his teammates, like the whole class. Like I wanna see that. I wanna see like, oh, Momo's ability to actually like create these giant ass cannons now. Like that's kind of new-ish. Like she can adapt on the fly. She's never been known to be able to fight one-on-one and like against a, a grappler. Well like we I wanna see that. that.
1: Well, we did get that where it, it's gonna be harder for for our class just because that's been building the entire time. Like when it was the it was Todoroki and Momo versus um, the, their teacher. Mm-hmm. And that's when Todoroki's like, you can't rely on me. You, I'm relying on you. You're the one that is the leader. J- have confidence in yourself. Tell me what to do. And with that, they won that test. So her taking the initiative and already having that plan out when it was uh, her team going up again in the, the tournament or the – the test that was something that was already known because we already knew the extent of her powers as long as she can understand it she can make it and the bigger they are the longer it takes so that was already known it was just like "How is what's she gonna do to try to win this fight and a giant fucking cannon was something i never thought of but good on her the thing with bakugo though is we knew that and they knew that at least a majority of them knew that uh, like he's grown because they have a, they had they had more interactions with him the guys on his team was who was it it was um jiro jiro and uh, uh sero and sugar rush yeah so he doesn't have many interactions with those guys mm mm-hmm. So that's and they why barely they barely show up in this episode. That's two. why they didn't really know that he had grown to that extent in regards to his personality and teamwork abilities. They all they all know because yeah, it's right. Bakugo, yeah. So but, I think that makes sense why they didn't know. But like everyone else who's watching, like they had more interactions with him than they did. So,
0: and and I get that. I I guess this is more a commentary on where the anime has positioned itself so far because i'm gonna get right into it i am not a huge fan of this season i am not i i don't find it to be any much enthralling than the last season the season before i just don't see any sort of development that i can really sit down watch and go you know what look at them go look at look at all of this growth I, I love it well, because I'm gonna I'm gonna what? I'm gonna say it right here right now. Why the fuck do I care about one B now? Why do I care about them? Why Why just because it's a test? I care about them now. Here's where they apparently made mi- it
2: sets up the future.
0: Ooh. Here's where they made the mistake because I I think it was I think it was uh, sama. He said at at one point he was like, yeah, like one A has got all this bullshit that they've gone through, like, from day one, they had all the events that they went through, they had, where they went to the campsite, and they got shit on there by the the League of Villains, and then they had the the incident where All Might had to fight uh, all for one, like, yeah, they've gone through total assholery from the start. Why could you not have included 1B at all at any point? Why can't I see them... Just fighting alongside 1B classmates. Why do they have to just kind of thrust them into this arc right now and go, Viewer, you should give a total amount of respect and, and, and care for these characters because I told you so, because you're sort of forced to, and have fun with this tournament arc.
1: So the reasoning for that is the creator cares a lot about his characters, all of them. But he understands that just feeding every last one of them to you is too much. Right now, if you just take a look at all these characters, add on the other ones who are always there like Gran Torino and the other pros and then put on the League of villains that's a lot of characters and there's a bunch of other ones that haven't even shown up yet. No I know and if you add all those together, that's a lot to manage and take and try to like condense into like a plot. But if you just slowly integrate them into different aspects, different arcs, then it's easier. This one right here, right now that we're in, the class B is going to be something that I feel like is going to be set up in the future. Especially with um, Shinzo, if I recall his name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the it, mastermind guy? Yeah. Brainwash. So yeah. he's going to be a big player, I feel like, in... The coming arcs, but it doesn't make sense to like keep you know, forcing him down your throat in every single arc or even one in even B because you need to have that where you know who your characters are with the first class. You need to have those like, like, uh, uh festival arcs and all that shit because it is still these are kids they are going through school and learn to be heroes, and that's the entire point of it. They learn to be heroes, they have a different curriculum than B does because they are having to go through these terrible things that keep happening to them and these adventures. But B is doing the exact same thing. And the only reason we don't get to see it is because technically Deku is the main focus. So everyone around Deku is going to get the focus also. They're not other than the guy who just keeps butting in and just has to keep pestering them until someone comes over and knocks his ass out and drags him away. That's the only time Poor you stuff. get to see him.
2: Kendo is the one that always knocks his ass out and I stand Kendo forever. No, no, no. However, it's not Kendo. It's, always, it's about, the other yeah. guy
1: with the the drill arm sometimes who comes over like, just just come back. Come it's on, mostly dude. mostly Kendo. I know mostly it's Kendo. Kendo. But, but if like, we're
2: going to talk about... I was not even done. I was going to say, if we're going to talk I was about not character development... I was not done, okay, Frank. You go, you go <laughs> I'm going to keep gonna talking here. Okay, you talk.
1: So, Are you done yes, now? I get your point of, like, you want all the characters, you want to know, like, you want B to be as important the entire way through. But there's been multiple points in other animes where it's just like, there's too many, th- I don't need all these characters. You're just overflowing, me with too much information, too many names to remember. Some of them you'll pick up because you like them, others you won't. This way, with different tests and different curriculum showing up, you'll get a feel for them. And as things happen, they'll grow. Like for instance, the the, the camp uh, arc, they were there too, but you don't really remember much of them, do you? Because they weren't, you know, as as active in it or or whatever. But then in this one, they're extremely active. And you get to see their abilities. Even with the tournament arc, you learned of a few abilities. Now you get to see them at a better degree and a better understanding of them, and you can see how they've grown. Like the the woman with the uh, vines for hair. She was a powerful person in the Determinarc, and you didn't see much of her during the camping trip. And then you see her in this one, and she was kind of a key player for her team. Granted, it didn't work out to their planning, but she's still there, and they still perceived her as a huge threat and that's that's a good thing because that way we know as an audience that she is someone to be uh, – that is someone uh, very powerful. But we see that she has her flaws because all of them do have flaws. And we need to understand that these characters are going to keep growing and some of them we're not going to get to see all the way through. I do not believe for B and A – we're going to see all of them through to the end wherever this leads for, like, the finale of this story with the League of Villains. But I feel like a lot of uh, several f- members of B will show up. And I feel like the asshole of B, who N- Kendo keeps having to knock out, might be, like, a hero uh, to A at some point, have to save their ass. And I just hope that happens. But I hope he's humble about it. Quick will Marcus I hope Roboto,
0: <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying they could have done a better job of, of sprinkling it in and making me care. Because my my biggest qualm with this season so far is I why should I care about one B now, when I've had taste of them before, and we saw them in the cabin, we saw them in the other tournament at the festival. Th- this is why should I care, care now? Right, but it, this is the one that's so going to so get you in.
1: to understand them and care if you don't then it's that's then you don't that's how it is that's how i can't that's how it's going
0: i hope that's the case and if it's not i'm coming for your ass that's all i'm gonna say
1: i mean i can't i can't dictate what your tastes are if you don't care and then that's fine that's that's how you perceive them i care it, and I, i've been reading the books and everything so I'm like i knew i know what's gonna happen i knew bakugo was gonna be like in and out we win so i've been even in the first episode i was like frank there's gonna be one that's just like it's real quick and easy Is not and there it I is. just want them to continue right. on.
0: I want them to continue on. I want more 1B. I said it. I want 1B. Okay.
1: Can we at least agree? Can we at least agree to- that Frank's idea of like t- 2 3 episodes of this tournament this tournament arc and then on to the next arc is stupid? Nope, I Can like least it. Give us more of this. Nope. Oh wow, you guys are fucking monsters.
2: To move us forward because we really need to wrap shit up. Speaking of all the character development and character growth, Lobo What'd you think about them changing Mina's fucking like actual character into a 3D model so you can get a pe like a look at a 15 year old's ass? Because that was so fucking. weird. I didn't want to bring that, that up. That they had to, they 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 made a 3D ca- like model for her and made her dummy thick. She's 15 fucking years old.
0: What the fuck? It was two different shots too. Yeah. That was rough. I I yeah
2: only reason I, I call you out, Lobo, is because I know that that's your your, your main girl, that's your home girl, favorite. but, like, it's uh, just so out of place. It's not necessary.
1: I don't usually notice those 3D shots or anything, uh, so, again, I probably didn't notice this one. Uh, I just noticed, oh, Mina's here. That's because they're, their fight's going to come up next, so they're talking a lot, and they're showing them a lot. That's it. Mina's here, but I, here's her ass first. I don't I don't look at... I don't... I don't not look, even that. I'm not a pervert. Like,
0: what... <laughs> Not even that, it was was, just, it was bullying. It was Mineta, like, in center frame, and then them uh, walking towards him. And I was like, I don't... But it was, you only see Mineta, and you only see Mina. Yeah. And you only see Mina's ass,
2: and that's it. it was, yeah. Because, you know, Mineta's short, so you gotta have a lower camera angle if you're gonna
0: focus, I don't know, it was just so out of place and so unnecessary. (laughs) My hero really knows how to develop their female characters, guys.
1: Okay, okay, here's the thing that you guys need to know. The guys who do the anime are the ones that are responsible for this because one of the biggest issues with the um, uh, the Aerie arc, where they went to go save Eddie, was that uh, what's her name the the top three the the only woman uh, Draco,
0: I think she I can't remember her name but yeah it's Draco I think she,
1: the what's fuck I can't remember the names uh, top the, three, the three students uh, the Hato. three students yes Nijiri Hado oh oh all so students. They made her, like, a model. She is not. She does not have giant boobs. She does not have a small waist. She is, like, a normal-looking person. If you look up the the manga and how she looks compared to the anime, she just looks like any other, like, normal girl. Like Like, not model or anything. So, like, the anime is the one that's... Or the animators are the one that's doing this shit. So... I guess I'll watch it again, see if I notice it that time, but, like, I didn't see it. Oh, it's
2: it's in your
0: face. But
1: last one, that's the one where I was just like, okay, why did you change my girl? Because now you made her, like, you know, come on now.
0: Also, isn't it weird that Momo and Fat Gum have, like, the same ability, but one's big and one's super skinny? Anyway, I'm going to leave it there.
2: Anywho, and with that, next week is going to be amazing maybe we'll see <laughs> i think it's just gonna be like half the episode it's like we're gonna do like with how deku is he's just gonna plan half of the fucking episode and the other half his plan is gonna go to shit and the second episode's like how do we recover um so we're just gonna leave it at that thank you all for joining us this week if you want to talk to us more in a more direct manner now we have a discord so come to our twitter and there's an invite link there you can come join us uh you can just yell at us there uh, any and all feedback for the show is welcomed. Uh, we're still new, so please tweet at us at Podcasts or email us at podcast at, gmail, uh, at gmail.com. But until next time, I've been Frank Ferter. This has been Silver Lobo and Magically Average. Spark Triumph. We'll see you then. Bye.
0: Planning for your next trip? Back Baka